love, love, lust, lust, and that also. Let's get started. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, Dominus Blue. And I'm Jamina Blue. <laughs> um, we are uh, Black People Kink, uh, but also we are Orchid Blue Yoga and Jamina's Haberdashery, all, all three of those things. Those, those last two are projects that we kind of just started. We've been, most people know us by uh, our podcast, Black People Kink. We've been doing it for what, like two, two, years. two years and some change, uh, talking about uh, all things, uh, you know, melanated, kinky, sexual. You know, uh, we talk and have interviewed and talked with a whole bunch of people in the uh, BDSM uh, community, uh, as well as talk about our own personal relationship, um, which is a 24 7 uh, TPE. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm her owner. She is, she belongs to me. Um, and so, you know, we, we openly talk about our relationship, even though some people may, you know, think it's, you know, weird or unusual or strange. I offer that, you know, maybe, but maybe not. There's a lot of folks that I think, are involved in, in, in BDSM, what we call BDSM, and they just don't call it that. Um, I think a lot of people are certainly curious about it. And so we've, we've had a great opportunity with the podcast just to talk to people about all sorts of different issues to include race play, um, to talk about, you know, just uh, respectability politics and just how that plays into the melanated community sexually. I mean, it's been an eye opening experience and we hope that people um, follow us in our journey and somehow find the courage to kind of, you know, find freedom. And the way we look at freedom in terms of being free to do whatever you want to do, whatever works for you, you should be the one defining that and not somebody else or society. Absolutely. That that That's an amazing description. I, I, I love that. I love that. Right. And I think like we, me and AJ talk all the time, too, about how I didn't grow up in, in the States. I actually grew up in Europe where it's a lot more openness sexually. Uh, there's not as much uh, reservedness there. And I just. I feel like it's a it's a form of uh, being deprived how how certain Americans look at sex and it's it's an issue. Americans or you know melanated Americans. I mean, by the way, when we say melanated, we mean you know folks of color. We say yeah. melanated just because I got tired of black being used in a negative way. Yes. Um, there's yeah. nothing negative about the my skin or her skin or your skin or anybody's skin. So we say melanated. And we actually refer to, uh, you know, white folks as demelanated, right? They don't have the melanin. They lost the melanin. It's not like we don't have something. They actually, they don't. Um, but, you know, the whole point is just positivity and talking about our community as in a positive way um, to include like this freedom that I'm, that we actually are trying to display and encourage others to do. So definitely. 
so we're going to get it going with the questions. I'm, we're just going to alternate back and forth and, you know, just kind of tackle them as they come. So our first question to you is, what is the specific hierarchy of your relationship and how long have you been engaging in the lifestyle? So our hierarchy, Dominus mentioned TPE, which is total power exchange. Um, and it's a power exchange or power dynamic um, modeled relationship. So he is in charge and I follow him. And it's kind of normal. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a ton of people who just operate in that manner anyway. They just don't place a label on it, whether you call it a traditional type of uh, relationship or um, a relationship that's based on religious dynamics where one person, regardless of gender, in this case, we're a straight couple, but, you know, one person is in charge and the other person or people in the relationship um, follows that that individual's lead. So that's the that's the basic breakdown of what the, the dynamic is from a hierarchy perspective. And how long have you guys been together? How long have you been a couple in this within this dynamic? I haven't done the fraction. I forgot. the. So we <laughs> it's just over three years. And we had been saying like three years and or two and two thirds years or whatever for like a long time. Right. And then eventually we got to three. And I was like, oh, I don't have a fraction for every day of the year. But I haven't broken the math down yet. So a little <laughs> bit three years. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. The next question is, what did your training um, of your submission consist of and how long was her training? All right. So uh, we our relationship uh, isn't like a formal kind of situation like that. So um, I know when I looked at that, I was like, um, we definitely had like a period of time. In fact, it's it's still ongoing. I don't know if it ever like stops, but um, it was more organic. It wasn't like I just like, you know, wrote up a set of rules and told, made her memorize them and, you know, just kind of, you know, gave her spankings when she didn't do something that wasn't on that list. It was kind of like, it was like a relationship. I mean, she got to know me just like she would have in, um, you know, a, a vanilla relationship or a situation where there wasn't a power dynamic and all of the things that I liked, all of the things that I wanted were communicated to her just organically, like they would have been any other way. And over the, you know, over that actually in a very short period of time, because, you know, she, she kind of approached it like, I am going to leave no doubt. Like, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I am not going to, I'm going to put it, I'm going to leave it all on the court. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. she definitely gave it all. And, and that impressed me too. So it was a very short period of time that I've kind of had her go through. Now there are like certain, you know, I guess for lack of a better term protocols, you know, like I, you know, I, I have a routine in the morning, um, you know, I kind of go through, um, you know, like where the, how we walk together, like she's always to be, you know, to my left side. Um, but, you know, depending on certain situations, you know, she, you know, cause I, it, I'm in between her and any danger. So like if we're walking on the street now, now this is funny because she mentioned how, you know, my grandfather used to do this. My grandfather and most folks, you know, of a certain age, that's just how they, how they rolled. So again, you know, it's not so foreign or such a, you know, uh, outlandish concept. It's, it's a, it's, it's part of our whole, our culture and our heritage, actually, if you look at it. And, and so when you, to answer your question, she's, you know, it's an ongoing process. It's not like a specific list of things that she has to do, but I, I am very strict and I'm very kind of like when it comes to certain things, I, I want them, you know, a specific way. And there are consequences if they aren't done that way. So, um, 
What else do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, okay. I can that's, hear yeah, the answer. answer. <laughs> um, so I, we, we know that your relationship is 24-7 because you said that. Um, so within, um, what is a typical day for you? Like describe what one day in the, li- the life of Dominus and Jay, Jim, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's Jamina. Jamina. I'm going to have that down pat by the end of this episode. So what is, what is a typical life in the day, day in the life of Dominus and Jamina? So I would say, um, from the outset or from the outside, it really looks the same as any other couple, right? We wake up in the morning, I get his clothes. Um, so that maybe that's different. Um, but you know, I cook, I clean, all that kind of stuff that you really need to have for for your household to run effectively. We're also, um, as Jonas mentioned earlier, running these three businesses within our our enterprise that we're growing. And so there's a lot of administrative work that has to happen with that. There's a lot of just like things that you have to do in order to be a successful person in life, but specifically business owner. So there of work that happens. We do, fortunately, we're able to work from home a lot. Um, And so we get the ability to work on whether it's the podcast or doing paperwork for other businesses, um, teaching yoga out of the house, um, as well as at our studio that we're just opening up now. Uh, So, I mean, it really is a pretty typical day from from the uh, sort of task perspective. It I is. Would... It is now. I could say, like, I mean, there was definitely, you know, um, <clears throat> like I said, the beginning was different a little bit. Like we were just kind of feeling each other out. She was getting to know me. Um, you know, there was definitely more uh, now because she knows me so well. Like, there's hardly, I mean, a time where I'm not happy or I'm not getting something that I want the way I want it. You know what I mean? Like, so it seems very kind of. That is kind of interesting. It does seem like just kind of like typical day but i guess if people saw us like she always refers to me as dominus um you know she you know you know talks to me a certain way she approaches me she has to ask for permission to do certain things um it's funny because now you know as you would expect this thing evolves we've been together for three years so you know the 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 kind of 50 shades of gray stuff wears off pretty quick right mm-hmm. you gotta you know you gotta get down to brass tacks like how do you actually you know, function in a day-to-day 24-hour relationship, right, with these things. And so now, even it may look more like a traditional relationship, it's just embedded with some of the structure and the BDSM concepts in terms of power exchange and in terms of uh, submissive and dominance that, you know, I think, again, is all is there naturally, but we we definitely just recognize it and, and embrace it more uh, as part of who we are, and therefore it's a part of our relationship and it's a function of how a part of how well we work together. So one thing that that I would add to that is is as we have gotten to know each other, um, and as I've gotten to know the things that he really likes and the things that um, really make life smooth for him, it just kind of gets incorporated. And so maybe in the beginning, I didn't pick his clothes out every day. In fact, I didn't. But the, 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 I don't think that... I didn't that, let you do that for a while. Yeah, it was. And now it's an everyday thing, right? So to me, it seems just like... Because she's so good at it. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you know, like, when a, when a girl picks out your clothes, man, she's she got you, she got you good <laughs> to go. Sharp. Yes. 
So, but it just kind of falls into like a normal pattern yeah. now, right? Um, I did cook for him from basically the beginning. So to me, I think that is, and that's that's one of those things that um, I feel like there's a lot of love in food, and there's a lot of love. Oh, in the absolutely, app. she's so good. <laughs> yeah. Girl's blessed. And that's one way that I can like demonstrate that to him and show him that love and that care and just like going the extra step and. Yeah, you could do this out of a box, but it would show him something of my like dedication if I did it from scratch. For example, you know, Don't talk about box food that upsets CJ. He oh, doesn't like talking about box <laughs> shell, box shells, like anything that comes from a, a box. He's not with it at all. Uh, <laughs> nah, that's, that's a podcast for a different day. <laughs> Indeed. I will say, lastly, one this question that I mean, every now and then it does kind of revert back. So there's times where just you know, not too long recently. I can give her a certain look and she knows to kind of, you know, to get locked up. And, you know, it's I don't care where we are. It doesn't matter what we're doing. If, you know, there's something that I need to express to her in the fashion that I need to express it to her, then we, you know, everything does kind of snap back. And then in those, in those moments, like if you saw us, then it would look very much like what you probably are visualizing in terms of, you know, a dominant and submissive um, type situation. And so, but that's, we had, we have evolved to get to that point where we can flow back and forth between, you know, outwardly, demonstratively, you know, DS and just, you know, incorporate it in our day to day. And see, you and I, she and I would have a conversation and between she and I, all of the, you know, DS stuff would be there, you know, like, you know, mm -hmm. just little pet names that we're using or the way she's talking, specifically saying things a certain way communicates to me all the things, but you would never know it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't even look like, isn't that true? That's like That's true. Totally We've been true. in public and having like straight up like conversations talking about like straight hardcore DS stuff, but it's like, you know, it's kind of encoded. So, you know, but you know, you can tell also by body language sometimes too, because sometimes when it gets hot, it gets hot, you know what I'm saying? So... And and that's I think it's important to note that that's with every relationship. Like I think yeah. every relationship has your shorthand, it has your body language, it has the things, the nonverbal communication cues. And I think it's important to to point out like the similarities there and the fact that that's still there in a, in a DS relationship. So thank you for that. And it's not necessarily on purpose. It's not like a uh, purposeful deception because we are afraid of the environment that we're in, afraid of expressing our relationship or anything like that. It's just a matter of if you get to know someone over a course of time and you're close enough, you have inside jokes, you have names for each other that other people don't know. I know when he looks at me a certain way, what maybe like he might be thinking about a certain thing that's going on. That's just a factor of us being close and, and being dedicated to our yeah, yeah. relationship. It's not that we're like hiding no, this because we definitely <laughs> we're we're you look, we're all over the Internet, like, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. And so like my name, for example, uh, Dominus actually means owner. Right. So, you know, it's Latin for owner. So. Uh, or she'll call me King. She'll refer to me a different, you know, there's different things that she will refer to me. And that actually has meaning as well. Uh, but, you know, she'll call me King. Um, but, you know, Ramsey. we're Ramses, you know what I'm saying? Like when she's saying those things, she really means it. She's not like just just being affectionate. She, I am, yeah. you know, I am her King. Anything left, AJ? I, I, your face, no? you kind of look like you want to. Okay, just want to make sure. I I'm just excited. Like this is this just is, a great. I'm just excited. It is. It is. It is great. And um, 
I, I want to kind of go back to something you said before, and I didn't want to uh, stop AJ in the middle of it. But when I asked you the last question, you said that there are consequences. And I, I just want to ask about that because I think that, of course, the listeners are going to have questions about that. Do you, do you feel comfortable talking about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you should listen to the last podcast uh, that we put out. Um, you know, we had a friend over. Uh, we have we had, uh, you know, friends of the, of the podcast and some of them like to, you know, come and hang out with us. And uh, one happened to be here while we were actually recording a, a podcast episode uh, with another guest. And in the middle of that, you know, I had to, you know, take care of some stuff. So in the background, you hear, you know, someone receiving a very sound uh, spanking, um, you know, so I don't even know if the FCC allowed that. <laughs> you spank one podcast? Because uh, I did, you know what I'm saying? But to, to your question, you're asking me about discipline. What what uh, about it? What So what, what, all do, what all does that include? So you just mentioned spanking. What Outside of that, what else? So it, it's, you know, it depends. Uh, with her, she's not she's not really into certain types of, you know, and then she's not into certain types of pain, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's other types of pain that actually are a pleasure for her. So it's not something that I would do to discipline her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I do happen to, I'm a sadist, so I enjoy, you know, hearing my hand hitting around behind. It's just something about that sound that is just intoxicating Absolutely. and knowing that it's causing pain. <laughs> and to be quite honest, if she knows this, I mean, cause she still, she gets spankings, you know, she's a 33 year old woman that gets put across my knee and you just got one the other day, not too long ago, like a day or so ago. So, I mean, it, it's, it's for real. It happens. And when I'm spanking her, it's not like, you know, oh, let's be cute about it. It's I'm trying to make a point. Right. Um, she's uh, her pain tolerance is crazy, too. That's another thing. So, I mean, she likes she enjoys getting her nipples pinched. Um, if y'all really want to get into it, um, <laughs> so, you know, it, I guess it d- depends on, you know, discipline. She cannot have an orgasm unless she has permission to do so. Um, why don't you explain that? I, I enjoyed yes, that. Please explain that one. We would like yeah. to hear the explanation <laughs> on that one. So I feel like there are two kind of concepts that are tied up in this. One is the permission side of it. So from a power exchange perspective just needing to have I have to have permission to do everything it's just that some things he's already sort of blanket granted permission for right like okay eat when you're hungry you don't need to ask for that but if I'm gonna like mess up the kitchen and be cooking like all over the place I need to ask for that so things like that right so there's the permission side I need to ask for permission to have an orgasm then on the opposite side there's or I guess conjoining side there's orgasm denial. And orgasm denial can be very pleasurable and very painful at the same time. It can be like a high, it's like taking an upper and a downer at the same time. It can be confusing, but it can be like really wonderful. It's a, it's a wildly interesting experience and I encourage you to try it. Yeah. But basically <laughs> the premise is that at a certain point, right when you're just, you know, like your orgasm is imminent. He'll be like, okay, no, you don't have permission. So then for me, for some people, you know, everybody's different, right? So it can affect you in a different way. For me, it's like screeching halt of a train. Well, that's the poker game, isn't it? Because you actually, you have to start it. You have to ask for permission before it actually gets to the point where you can't stop it or else you're in trouble. So the calculation is, 
I think I'm about to have an orgasm. I think I'm almost there. Let me go ahead and get permission now, ahead of time, right? (laughs) (laughs) So that if if I'm granted permission, I'm good to go. Otherwise, I need to stop it right now. (laughs) And it's hard. Like, for me, it's harder than than I imagined it ever would be. And it can be, like, painful. Like, it's a weird sensation. But I can feel, okay, all of this is building up. The nerve endings are all firing. Like, everything's going. All right, we're, like, good for launch. And I'm, like, you know, doing it so please come. And he'll, if he says no, then it's, like, oh, my God, find a way to stop, 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 stop. <laughs> No, but usually I'm not, I'm not cruel. I usually <laughs> give her permission, one, because I enjoy it, and two, because – I know, like, she's serious. Like, I've already, she doesn't have anything else to prove to me. Like, because, you know, there's times where I said no, and she was, you know, she went through, like, the exorcist of, <laughs> of stopping, and I, I almost felt bad. I was like, nah, man, I don't want to do that again. That looked like that was, you know, like that hurt. Okay. So, you know, but, but you know, now that she has demonstrated or proven to me that, you know, like, it's 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 for real, it's sincere, it's another thing. It's a lot of things that I don't need to, you know, have every now and then just to be, you know, I'll say no just because I can. But, you know, I definitely love this woman. So I, I want her to have, you know, orgasms as many as I can give her. And, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. So <laughs> <laughs> that you are, Dermis. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. I know I sidetracked it with that last question. Let's get back on track here. Um, question. AJ, you have no, anything? No, I'm good. I, that was right. a, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, doing Are you okay? Is she all yeah. right? No, I'm good. Hey, no, no, I'm, I'm going to let you know right now. After this is over with, AJ's going to have a moment. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, trying real hard. I'm trying to do the denial right now and not have a moment. But yeah. I'm, Any, yeah. Anytime, anytime you see... Anytime you see AJ fight the smile and the cheeks get really rosy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. she's having a moment. Uh, okay. right. <laughs> it's okay though, man. Enjoy yourself. That we do. <laughs> but the next question is: um, Were you both uh, already interested in the in the lifestyle to begin with, or did one introduce it to the other? Yeah, we both were already you know interested in it before we met. Um, uh, to be at varying degrees, like I kind of went through a personal journey, even though. Uh, You know, I had been in relationships that involved DS. I just didn't know it. Right. The girls that I typically were attracted to were just naturally submissive girls uh, that wanted, you know, uh, dominant men. And as I was going through my development, learning about that and a whole bunch of other things about myself, you know, I at some point started piecing it together um, and realized that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm this type of, you know, person. Um, and, and then I had to go through that process of, okay, now that, you know, cause I was raised by a, you know, single melanated woman. Uh, my mom is my hero. She is the smartest person that I know. Uh, her, you know, wall is, is wallpapered with degrees. You know, my mom is just, you know, that woman, she always represented that to me. So me, me having these feelings and desires of, you know, like enjoying hurting, it were causing pain to to women, especially melanated women, uh, you know, was a problem. So I had to go through that process of <sighs> there are other people out here that actually want this and that enjoy it. And as long as I am with those people and everybody is on, you know, board with what's going on, then, you know, and I'm not, you know, it's OK under those circumstances. Otherwise, you know, it's not. That's something else. Um, but, but, you know, I went through that process and let me tell you, that was actually, and I'm still going through it to be quite honest. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I ever really get over that. And that's another side of BDSM that a lot of people don't talk about. Uh, but 
you know, I've worked through that. We met um, kind of in the middle of that process and our lives have been just intertwined ever since. I'll let her talk about her origin. Go ahead. So I guess it was pretty similar in that um, I'd kind of come to realize that, that there were certain things that I wanted out of both romantic relationships and sexual relationships that were sometimes either hard to ask for in the first place or were difficult to just encourage the other partner that th- that they were okay with doing. Choke me, you know? Yeah. Right, right. I want it harder, rougher. And so this isn't something like, obviously now there's a lot more media out there on this. And so it's not the chances of you running into someone who's never heard of the concept of rough sex, for example, are pretty slim. But once you get below that level of just like, okay, I want it a little bit harder. It, there's a, it goes a lot deeper and it's sometimes hard to broach those topics with people. And, but I had come to the point where I really knew this is what I want. I want to follow somebody. I want, I don't just want sort of a, like a domestic discipline type of relationship where I'm just following a person and they're in charge. I also want this whole other side from a sexual satisfaction perspective of pain and um, interesting experiences and exhibitionism. And I have a breath fetish. So I really like to have my breath withheld, whether that's through choking or like Dominus put me under in the hot tub once. And that was like really insane because it was just sensory overload in combination with being, you know, having my breath withheld and things like that. So when we met, it was kind of like, oh, my God, you're into this. You're into all of this. Oh, wait, you're into all of it. You know, like I can let all of myself go with you. This is it. This is perfect. So with having the rhythm, the balance that you have now in your relationship at the beginning, when you first started um, dating or coupling, I'm not sure what the exact term would be. But when you first got together, what were the biggest challenges of your relationships within the roles that you have now? Wow, good question. Um Probably just um, for me, it was one of them definitely was as we started to really like fall in love. Right. You know, we we definitely it was love at first sight. But, you know, as you get to know someone, it was just kind of like, wow, man, like, yes, like, yeah, it was, I mean, we actually love each other outside of any and all of this stuff. You know, we we just love each other. And I'm I'm thankful for that. Um, so interacting with her in in that way, you know. Even though, like I just told you, I'm a sadist and that I enjoy giving pain to others. Um, uh, But I love this woman at the same time. So I'm conflicted with why am I hurting someone that I love, Mm -hmm. you know, and and those feelings and those emotions. And there's times where, you know, she kind of she'll go through phases like she kind of gets really, really like edge like she she goes all the way like she talked about breath play. When we get into things and she's, you know, into it, like she likes to go all the way to the to the to the edge. Like it's no joke with this girl. So um, I have to sit there and and realize that this woman is asking me for something that could potentially be dangerous. And I love this woman. And so I don't want to do it. But at the same time, I know that she's enjoying it. You know, this is an expression for her. She's asking me because she feels like she can go to that place. And so 
as her dominant, as her master, as her owner, I feel a responsibility to 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 be there for her in that way. Do you get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's it's man, that's 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 probably for me the deepest thing. And I tell her all the time that, you know, it, it's tricky, you know, having a slave that you love. You know, I know that sounds funny, you. but she feels safe with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think honestly that probably was the biggest challenge for me was um being able to completely let go even though I I wanted to from the beginning like from the first conversation that we had the first time that we were sitting in the same room with one another I had this immense feeling that I just wanted to give everything to him right away and so that comes with its own challenges because that's not necessarily fair to the person that you're sitting across from to be like, here's my whole life, take it. And the, you know, and the other person may not be either ready, willing, able, whatever the case is to be in that position. So you're kind of imposing that on them. But he was so gracious and just accepting what it was that I was trying to give. It almost sometimes gives a little bit of pause and it's scary. It's scary to, to be at that point where, you're willing to give everything of yourself to to someone or something, even like a purpose, you know, someone who's just like, I'm going to give my life to this cause. It can be scary to be at that point where you're ready to give it all and then having to trust that the other person or the cause you're giving yourself to is going to be receptive of all of you and is going to be able to handle everything that comes along with it. And then at the same time, if I'm saying, okay, I'm giving you all of all of myself, I need to be open and receptive to receiving all of him. <laughs> and that that is a journey that continues for the rest of your life because we're all going to grow and change and evolve and all that kind of stuff over the course of our lifetimes, hopefully. Um, and so that means that I'm, not only am I saying I am being open to everything that you are right now, but I'm promising that I'm going to be open to everything that you are 50 years from now. And that's, you know, when you, when you think about it like that, and it's not, this isn't a, this isn't a prenup situation, right? Where in five years we could be like, well, actually I changed my mind. I want my investment back and I'm out. This, this is, this is everything. There is no turning back from this. So that's challenging. That's hard. That's scary, but it's rewarding. Yeah. It is. That's decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I just kind of. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I think, that though, is- I mean, it is deep. I mean, I, I'm amazed all the time, and that's exactly how I would describe it. I'm in awe of this relationship. And I think that, you know, just, again, just with the label BDSM, I mean, that's like to just to kind of wrap a term around what we're talking about right now. That's just one aspect of our relationship. There are so many others, but the fact that we can share this aspect of of who we are, it opened the door for everything else. And so we're able to really, truly be like who we are and unapologetically so. And I think that's what makes it deep. I think that's what has deepened this relationship. So, you know, and 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 we know that BDSM isn't for everybody. We're not sitting up here trying to, you know, say that everybody should be, you know, spanking somebody. Certainly not, actually. Um, but if it is something that turns you on or something that just ignites you in some sort of way, as with anything else, as long as it's not hurting someone else or you're doing it and you're doing it with folks that are down, you know, um, then yeah, you know. 
um, it, it should be an option. And I think we, especially in the melanated community, should stop side-eyeing each other because we know we do it. You know, when you see that person, you know, or that couple or whatever, you know, you got that freaky, freaky uncle or whatever, somebody that is doing some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, or even like with R. Kelly, you right. know, like the way people looked at R. Kelly, right? Um, we talk about that. I mean, that's not, that's, you know, not BDSM, actually. That's something else. But um, people, you know, looked at that and kind of, you know, just excused it away and gave it, you know, gave him a pass instead of, instead of investigating and saying, hey, what is going on in this situation and finding out if that's, you know, something that they needed to step in and do and, 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 you know, maybe get law enforcement involved with what we're doing isn't that. And it needs to be with folks that are, you know, of, you know, legal age and are consenting, able to consent. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's my <laughs> age. I love you. Um, <laughs> next question. Um, are there any switch opportunities in your relationship? Ch- a chance to switch up the, the dynamic at all? Who's, whose question was this? Like, who thought yeah. of that question? <laughs> That was not me. That was the pegger. It was me. It was me. That was the pegger. It was me. <laughs> Why'd you ask that? I'm um, curious. I'll answer it, but why? Okay, so I did um wow, am I disclosing this about myself? Okay, so I did an online test uh about BDSM and to kind of figure out where I fit in the scope of things because I'm not entirely submissive and I'm not entirely dominant. Um, And sometimes I'm more dominant than submissive and then sometimes more submissive than dominant. And I didn't realize that there was an actual term for it, which is being switch. Um, So in doing this test, yes, CJ, I did the test. In doing this test, um, I found out about myself that my prevalent tendency is to be switch, depending on the person that I'm with. So I didn't know if this was something that was just kind of general with all couples that are in the lifestyle. Um, And I have I have quite a few friends that are engaged in the lifestyle, not just um, as an add-on to their life, but this is the way that they live day to day. Um, But there are certain conversations that you can't have with people because you're not comfortable with it. So I didn't know if like being switch was um, something that was a normal part of a lifestyle of of a couple that's in the lifestyle in their relationship, or if it was something that was specific to the individuals themselves. Does, Does that make sense? No, that's a great question. Um, and I'll let Jay jump on here, but I definitely, uh, it, it depends. Uh, it's, it, it can be, um, there is definitely, I think more so the concept of like an ebb and flow in a relationship in general is probably an accurate description, you know, regardless of what kind of what you're trying to describe. I mean, it, it's never like all one way all the time. Right. So, um, quite honestly, there's times where, you know, she's in charge because she might be better at something than I am. And I have delegated her, you know, responsibility because I'm smart. And I realize that she's smarter when it comes to certain things to say, you know what, you go ahead and take the lead. Why am I going to sit here and try to fumble, you know, and try to pretend like I know something when I don't, when I recognize that she's got better capabilities when it comes to a lot of things. So, um, but you know, in terms of our relationship, um, there really isn't a switch dynamic. Um, she's she's a submissive person, just generally speaking, anyway. And I am, you know, a dominant. Like I, I don't. We, there isn't just, but you know, just randomly with us, there is no particular flow in that way with regards to the power exchange. But I know other relationships where that exactly is the case, and that depending on the situation or the mood. Some person's topping, some person's bottoming. And and to be honest, that's a beautiful thing. I think actually I had a problem with switches when I first kind of was introduced to the concept. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, because 
a lot of things kind of fall in that that kind of movable, waverable. Like it depends on the situation. I'd be curious to find out like when you know like what what floats your boat. You know what I'm saying? Like what situations do you like to be, you know, kind of dominant? And what situations do you like to kind of be submissive? Because that to me tells something about you, a very intimate part of you. You know what I'm saying? That I can connect with that. So I completely agree with that. I would I would add on that. Every relationship dynamic, regardless of the basis of it, the structure, the number of people, whatever, um, is unique to the individuals that are involved in that relationship. One of the problems that I personally have with the kink community is that we tend to like categorize everything. There is a title for everything. There's a, a format, a protocol, like it's, it's a bit much and a lot of it, I think, comes from the fact that you have a bunch of individuals who, generally speaking, have something that they appreciate about their lifestyle that falls outside of the accepted, widely accepted mainstream. And so in order to make sure that everyone feels like they're inclusive, then you have all these categories and you can you can drill down to like your specific DNA with all the various acronyms and letters that are available in the alphabet soup of BDSM. Well, then this makes it so that if you're coming into the lifestyle, the tendency is to look at this checklist of things, to take these quizzes, to, you know what I'm saying? And then you say at the end of the quiz, it says, oh, you're 35% submissive and you're 35% dominant and you're whatever's left. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, 30%, you know, in the middle or whatever. Right. And so you say, oh, okay, now I'm going to find myself a community of other people who are 35% submissive. And we get locked into these categories. I don't think that's healthy because our dynamic doesn't fit a particular list of, of checkoff items on any given list. And once we, once we kind of, I don't want to say broke out of that, but we kind of like evolved away from feeling like, we had to fit a certain structure. That's where things really blossomed and really got beautiful in, in our relationship. And so this concept of like, are you a dumb, are you sub, or are you a switch? There's, there's like a rainbow of things that you could be. There's a whole, um, what is that called? (laughs) The thing that goes like a gradation, right? And you could fall anywhere within that gradation or somewhere outside of it. And what's wrong with that? And then you could find someone who's your exact type or your exact opposite or whatever you're looking for, or you find someone else who you had no idea you would be attracted to or no idea that you would be able to form a strong dynamic with or what have you. It would be nice if we could kind of move away from all of this categorization and just honor the space that any given individual is in and therefore honor the space that they're dynamics are in with whomever else they're in them with i'm done with my soapbox no it was great that was a great answer it's a great answer i think cj and i like on another episode we had talked about just sort of sexuality on a whole and everybody's struggling so hard to be different than everybody else it seems like every week they're coming up with a different title or a different name or a different acronym for what they are who they are what they enjoy it's just like why can't people just live and enjoy 
what they enjoy without it having to be specifically identifiable to one particular thing or trying so hard to be not like something else. Like, just be you. However that plays out, just be you and enjoy your life. Enjoy what you enjoy. As long as you're not hurting somebody else and as long as you're not forcing it on somebody else, as long as you're not criminalizing or de- demonizing someone else for what they enjoy, then just do you and be happy. Absolutely. Are you going to answer my question or what? I asked me? you about. Yeah, you. What, what did you ask me? Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Like, I'm curious now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, But just when what situations do you. I mean, do you, it sounds like you are a switch or kind of, you know, have that in you. What, what situations caught, bring that out in you and what aspects do, does that bring out? Um, I, I read people in a, in a really kind of weird way. So I, for me, I like, I don't know why CJ smiling. I like, um, I prefer. Yeah, why is CJ smiling? <laughs> I want to know. CJ, why are you smiling? Okay. So. <laughs> Any 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 woman that's crossed my path in the last year and a half, AJ? Yes. I, I'll send a picture to AJ and AJ will be like, oh, no, this is her energy. And every time it's exactly right. So when she says she reads people, she I mean, there's certain times where she's like, oh, no, it may come out in a month. It may come out in two, but she has control issues and it'll happen every single time. So wow. she's yeah, yeah. She's a great reader, people. Yeah. So, oh, so now it's mandatory now, right? Everybody gets the test. Oh, yeah. go Listen, I told him, I'm like, stop sending me pictures. I don't want to read anybody. <laughs> I don't want to feel anyone's energy. I don't want any of that in my personal space. I'm good. Um, but for me, I, I have a strong personality, but I'm also really comfortable in, in letting go of that. And it, it took me uh, a long time to get to that place of being comfortable um, and recognizing that the person that I'm, I'm um, submitting to is not going to run amok with that and take advantage of it. Um, but then I've been in situations as well where the person I've recognized that they are not quite as strong-willed as me, and I will I will run amok with it and I will take advantage of that and and um, almost force them into a more submissive role, not to de- you know like to to demasculate them or anything like that. Um, but I almost feel like in some kind of quiet way they're looking for someone to yeah. Take charge. Right. Yeah. Right. No, nah, a lot of guys in particular, and, you know, again, you know, uh, you know, we're not, we're talking binary gender terms, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of folks that fall outside of that. Um, right. But, you know, when we're talking gender binary men and women, like a lot of men particularly like to be submissive, you know, like, you know, have a girl kind of take charge, you know, hey, I'm still getting what I want. Right. So um, that just doesn't happen to be me. But I get that. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys just may not be comfortable admitting that, um, even though in the bedroom, you know, isn't it funny how a lot of things get communicated in the bedroom and sometimes in relationships, they don't even get talked about really out loud. It just kind of happens. You know what I mean? Pegging. Like we have this whole discussion about pegging every now and again. And it's No, we don't. You have the discussion about pegging. I have the discussion (laughs) about pegging. It's even one of those things where, you know, um, someone will say to me, like, I've under ne- normal circumstances with anybody else, I've never wanted a woman to do that to me, but I feel comfortable in asking you to do that, or I feel comfortable in allowing you to explore that. I think as well, because, you know, like, it's like Jamina was saying that, you know, Dominus provides comfort and safety and um, like a safe space, like entirely where he makes you feel like you can give yourself over to him and completely trust that he is not going to lead you astray. He's not going to do anything harmful to you. He's going to honor you and love you and respect you and meet your needs and all that sort of stuff. 
Um, and it's a beautiful thing. Like, and, and I think that when someone is, is at that level of comfort with you, like, it's just the way that it opens you up as a person is totally amazing. It's scary, but it's yeah, totally I, I think it's totally, you're like, that's exactly right. Um, I think that that has to happen on both sides of the relationship. So he has to feel just as comfortable with me as I feel with him. I have to provide the same amount of safety and the same level of um, just like support, understanding, whatever you want to call it um, for him as he's providing for me. So there is this image that the dominant in the relationship, the lead in the relationship, whoever is is exercising more control in the relationship is going to be um, just by virtue of their position, like more stoic and stronger and they don't really need anything. And so their role is therefore to be the shield for the other person, to be the protector, the provider, so on and so forth. The other person has a responsibility to be a provider also. You may be providing in different ways, but you have to provide something. Otherwise, you're just kind of like freeloading in the relationship. Um, the other person has a responsibility to provide some kind of safety structure, safety net, whatever, you know, however the dynamic works. Everyone has to provide something that takes care of everyone else in the relationship. And so I just like, I do think that there is an image out there that, that, we need to work on both from a power exchange relationship perspective where dominance don't need anything and from a um, male-female perspective where men are expected to be the lead and strong and they don't need anything. I think we need to work on that. And I think we need to make sure that everybody in the relationship is contributing in a way that's keeping everybody strong and healthy and safe and secure and, and all that. Yeah. And I feel like, and I'm sorry, I'm going to get off topic of the questions. I, I kind of like topics more than just straight questions themselves. So if something came up in my mind. I'm going to, I'm just flat out going to ask, would you agree that in seeing you guys and your interaction and us talking, it seems like this whole DS, if that's what we're going to call a relationship, let's take that label, throw it out. This is really based off love and finding your balance in what works within your love. And I think that that may help a lot of people understand like i think people have this black and white thing of what's dom sub bdsm but all in all it seems like what makes the relationship work is having that honest love for one another and fine and just being okay with okay this is what he needs i love him so i'm gonna do it and vice versa and that's what makes this work at least that's what it seems to me Thank you. But I, I don't know if I could have said it better, man. That's 100 percent exactly on the money. I think I would actually even people know us by black people kink because that's what we started with, with the podcast. Right. And because kink is very, you know, it's eye catching, man. People want they're intrigued by it. I think because it resonates and it, it strikes a chord with a lot of people, you know, people want more variety in their sex life. Um, but it is, like I said before, it is just one aspect of our relationship and, you know, it just enabled us to deepen, you know, ourselves and our relationship so much more. So if BDSM is a vehicle for some people to do that, you know, I don't think we care what it is, but if BDSM is that, then yeah, we definitely want to help with people and if they can listen to us and, 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 and learn from what we're doing. Um, then that definitely makes us feel real good. Awesome. It's a beautiful thing. It is. It is, man. I feel blessed. Yo, man. I mean, y'all here, man. Like, I'm I'm fortunate. I'm the fortunate one. I tell her all the time. I mean, 
you know, this notion, she mentioned like being stoic as a, as a dominant. And I kind of, I kind of laughed because, you know, that image is out there, but as a dominant, I've, 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 and I don't cry. Like I just don't cry because I actually get headaches when I cry. I've never <laughs> done it. I haven't done it since I was a kid, but in this relationship, I've had tears, man. But like tears of not sadness, man, but like just awe and just, I have been humbled because it has it has taken me to places that I, you know, just as as a person, man, I just I was humbled. And I am thankful for that as a result of her in this relationship. Has it is I've learned a lot of things about myself. Um, people think that being a dominant is just sitting back, relaxing, and having everything done for you, man. It's quite the opposite. It's it's realizing the gravity of the gift that you are given by somebody and you don't deserve it. Nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves to have anybody just wait on them hand and foot and, you know, go out of their way to to do things exactly the way that they want, you know, things to be done. Nobody deserves that. If somebody is willing to give you that or however you, you know, however love is is given in a relationship, you should appreciate that and you should recognize it for what it is. And my job as a dominant is to let her know that I appreciate that and that I am always aware that I don't deserve it. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 you know, get my head all blown up and start thinking that, yeah, you know what, this is, yeah, I deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and get my, you know, slippers. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate the fact that she wants to do that. And then, you know, and that's genuine. And that feeds into how she feels and how comfortable she feels because she knows it's genuine. And that allows us to have the type of relationship that we have, man. So, I mean, I'm I'm the thankful one. That's beautiful. AJ, go ahead and say it. I know you got something to say. I just see you oh, cheesy and bubbling over just, there. I have the feels. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. That's it. It is. I appreciate you so much, Grace. Mm. <laughs> Should we take a pause for the cause? Do we need to pause? No, no. We, we can keep it going. Um, you got, what's, what's the next question you want to ask, AJ? Um, what do you both consider to be good characteristics of a good dom? And a good sub. This was that question when when you sent the list over. We were looking through and we're like, oh, good question. Oh, good question. We both looked at this one like, oh, man, that's a really good question. Because <laughs> it's evolving. It uh, is. I mean, it's that that's a moving target. Uh, okay, so tackle it this way. Maybe break it down into two parts. <clears throat> so in the first year of your relationship, yeah. what were the, the required characteristics of being a good dom and being a good sub and then where you are now three years later what what has changed in those requirements and those characteristics how have they evolved what has changed what you know all right so i realized how stupid i was i think i realized i realized that just like most i think people um especially starting out and i hope in somebody's listening to this and if you are a burgeoning you know, person in BDSM and specifically a dominant um, before you, you know, take control of somebody else in any form or fashion, please hear what I'm saying, which is you need to understand the person um, that you are taking control of. I think um, there's things that I'm still learning about her that I didn't know that first year that you mentioned. And so I was acting on, you know, just, you know, uh, I don't know what, like just, just, just imagining or thinking or assuming I knew what she needed or what she, you know, I know best. So I'm going to tell her 
what she needed. And it wasn't until later that I realized that she was following me, even though there were things that I was telling her to do that weren't in, you know, they weren't, it turned out to be the best thing for her. And so we had to go through that process where one, I had to realize that, yep, I was wrong. I made a mistake, which is a hard thing for a lot of people to admit, um, particularly dominance, because there's this perception that as a dominant, you don't make any mistakes and that's bullshit. Um, so I had to get to that part. And then once I did that, apologized and atoned for it and that I, you know, recognize and now we have protocols so that I'm always checking in with her to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Um, and then now, again, we're having conversations where we're talking about things and I'm learning about this. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know that you liked, you know, peanut butter. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you know, just whatever it is, you know, just stuff because you just assume, you know, here, do this, do that instead of actually. So my, my advice is just get to know someone really, really get to know even more. So you have a responsibility because this stuff is no joke, man. Somebody is, you know, putting their life in your hands. So you have that obligation to get to know them and actually know what, you know, if they're cold, like she's she's she has sickle cell. So like she gets cold. And I had her, you know, in situations where, you know, because she loves me and this woman hates the cold. So she was outside doing stuff, you know, when it was freezing and to her, you know, like 70 degrees feels like 40 degrees. So, you know what I'm saying? So, but I didn't know that. And so, but now I look back and that's why I say I'm the thankful one and I'm humbled because she did that stuff anyway, knowing that, you know, it wasn't the right thing. She did it anyway. And now I know. So now it's like, you know, now I'm like, she has to be warm at all times. Like, that's like my number one mission is to make sure that this woman is warm. And as a dominant, I can enforce that. I can make that. And, you know, I'll have her put on stuff even when she's like, I'm OK. I'm all right. And I'm like, no, nah, go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and put that sweater, put sweater on. on. <laughs> ah, I love you. <laughs> I really appreciate you. That's real. That's real talk. It, this is there's like so we always talk about how we'll have multiple conversations going on at the same time or there's like multiple things going on with us at the same time. And I feel like. You know, he's answering the question, but he's like speaking to me on on some very deep levels because we have gone through um, a lot of evolution in our relationship. And there is a lot of difference between what things looked like at the beginning or three months in or six months in compared to what things look like now. And I would say that it's it's much stronger now. It's deeper. Like there's so much more that's involved and and we thought it was super strong and super deep in the beginning to begin with. Um, one of the things that that I would say about um, being a like good submissive right. <laughs> is is that that term doesn't exist. Mm. Oh, um, I think that you have to be at a point where you are on the journey to becoming the person that you believe like truly deeply believe that you should be because that's the the best person that you you can aspire to the best person you see in yourself at that point then you can incorporate somebody else into your life and especially someone else who's going to have as much of an influence as a dominant is going to have over you and you're also going to have a significant influence over that person but if you haven't done the work and the introspection and the if you haven't if you haven't gotten started on your journey to become the person that you believe that you should be, then how could you possibly be a good 
anything to somebody else. So things like being able to understand that however I might be feeling at a given point in time would affect him and that I don't have the... I don't have the capability of just being like, well, I'm the submissive. I'm the one without the power in this relationship. So I can feel however I want to feel and keep it to myself. As long as I follow the checklist of things he told me to do today, you know, I'll keep my emotions to myself and deal with it on my own. And whereas I thought that was being a good submissive because I'm following directions and I'm not telling him no. And I'm, you know, all the things that, that the book says that you should do in order to be a submissive. I'm not fully in it because there's this whole other part of me that's like going in my head. There's conversations in my head where I'm like, I don't like this. I don't feel this, this, that, and the other. So I had a responsibility to be completely open and honest with him that I didn't fulfill in the beginning. And so things that I was having difficulty with things that he might have told me to do that I didn't understand or I was having difficulty with or I didn't believe in or whatever the case was. My attitude was like, well, just do it and figure it out later. We were both in the army and as he was an officer. I was enlisted. And so I was used to that mindset of someone tells you to do something. And as long as it's not illegal or immoral, you just figure it out. It doesn't really matter if you had the training to do it. It doesn't matter if you have the resources. It's like you just kind of figure it out and do it. And hopefully it works in the end. And that's not the way to operate in a DS relationship, even though the blogs and the books and the journals and all of that will tell you as a submissive Just do what he says and figure it out on the end journal, write your feelings down in a journal, but don't, don't ever show those feelings because that's disrespectful. That is bullshit because then you're holding a part of yourself away from the person who's supposed to have the utmost responsibility for you. How can they lead you? How can they guide you? How can they take control and be responsible for your life if, All you're doing is telling them yes, because some book said that as a submissive, you're supposed to just say yes. Right. That's actually a really good point. Um, In sort of doing some research and in um, observing couples that I know and and that kind of thing, that seems to be the dynamic that is stressed the most that, you know, the submissive is essentially um, literally and figuratively on a in a position of being on her knees at all times. On her knees, head bowed, you know, silence is key. Uh, you know, you're, you're a loud emotion. If, you, if your master, your dom, your, you know, says that it's okay, but, you know, you're not really allowed to feel anything that isn't um, okayed by him, you know, and, and, and it's supposed to be that complete uh, feeling of euphoria because you have this person that is in, in charge of you and, you know, whatever else that you're dealing with emotionally, whether you're having like a brat moment where you're having an emotional moment, like you're supposed to keep that to yourself. You're not allowed those kind of things. And, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, what CJ said, you guys have a different balance in your relationship because it's a relationship that has the hierarchy, but it is entirely based on love. And it's based on respect and it's based on um, mutual giving in, in whatever the, the ways that that plays out and, and, you know, wanting the best for one another. Yeah. Sorry, I just no, duh. no, no, no. I love I mean, it sounds like what, what we actually are, are doing is, is coming across. I will just say that um, 
that may work for other people though. Some people want like a very strict and disciplined kind of situation. It just so happens that our particular relationship, you know, it, it, it manifests the way that we've described. So the whole point though, is we're not saying that everybody should do it the way we're doing it. It, it just, you should have the option to do it. However, it works for you. And that, if that falls outside of the conventional, what everybody else is comfortable with, you know, then that should be okay too. We need to stop, you know, you know, we need to, you know, stop labeling ourselves and stop putting ourselves into these small boxes because they don't fit for everybody. Yeah. But I think it's good too, because I think, okay, so like when the 50 shades of gray thing came out, um, I think people just sort of latched onto this idea that there is little to no emotion involved in a, in a dom sub relationship, that it's very contractual, that it's, it's all these things that are listed and, and pre agreed upon. And, you know, there might be an opportunity for emotion, but really and truly there, like it just, it, I think it gave people the wrong impression or one singular impression about what the lifestyle is about. And, you know, what I most appreciate about this interview with you guys is that you're saying that that is not the case. There, there are many different levels to it. And it, and it really is about how you define it for yourself and the person that you're with. It, it's not textbook. It's not governed by any one set of rules the way that people may think. Um, it's not necessarily about, you know, leading somebody on a, ch on a chain and walking to the, through the streets to show that, you know, you're the dom and they're the sub. You guys have subtle ways of showing your showing that within the dynamics of your relationship, even when you're in public, as you had stated earlier. Right. Um, so I, for me, it's just it's, it's good that it's very this conversation. It, it's opening up a broader way of thinking that people may not have had before in understanding the dynamics of um, DS relationships and that yeah. they're not all cookie cutter. No, hopefully not. Hopefully they're more comfortable and tailored fit to the individuals involved so that more people can be happy. I mean, what there's what like more people are now divorced and not in marriages than in marriages. Right. So yeah. something's going on here. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't talked about poly much either, but that's another thing that, you know, I, I you know, we profess we're both actually poly. Um, but meaning that, you know, you can love more than one person um, at the same time. Uh, and you know, you're starting to see those walls start to come down and people starting to be a little bit more, it, it, we have conversations all the time. It amazes me. Like you look back at some of the, you know, old literature and movies and stuff. Um, how much of it was wrapped up in infidelity or, you know, you know, somebody cheating on somebody else. Like, you know, there's, there's a desire, there's a hunger there and it's always been viewed as a negative thing, right? It has destroyed relationships, and so much pain has been caused as a result of somebody just being attracted to somebody else, which could be a natural thing. Right. And part of it is now, you know, uh, polyamory is not for everyone again. But for some people, they are you know, able to love more than one person at a time. And it's actually maybe healthy for them to do so instead of putting all their eggs in one basket and, and expecting one person to be their end all be all. You can maybe have different types of, you know, just like you have different Jordans. You know what I'm saying? You've got a Jordan, you know, you, you don't wear the same Jordans all the time. Right. You got, right. you know, sometimes you have special Jordans for what you need. So that's that 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 thinking of why are we allowing, you know, historical references and, you know, things that we don't even understand uh, under the guise of respectability politics? If you don't know what that term is, look it up, because it's it's really at the core of what we're talking about policing ourselves to fit into these small boxes and not allowing free expression of, of every kind, right. um, you know, but, you know, definitely uh, sexual uh, health and positivity is, is what we're all about. 
it's it's I, I'm really enjoying this interview with you guys. I wanted to first say thank you for you know sharing this open side of you with not only us but our audience. And I know you guys didn't know us from beforehand, at least me not. And I I want to thank you for sharing this side of, of you. What did guys y'all think, man? What did you did you listen to the podcast beforehand? I mean, what did y'all think about us? Did y'all think? Uh, I mean. Are you I mean, y'all... Your, your page? Like I've, I've gone through your page and, and, you know, just sort of not necessarily studied, but um, invested in um, taking time to get to know you through your pictures and, and, and your words. And to me, what most stuck out is it's not necessarily that you had um, a dom sub relationship. You just had a really loving relationship where there was discipline, mm-hmm. if that makes right. sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just have a really nice ebb and flow and just, um, like really good energy just in terms of the way that you interact with one another and the way that you love and care for one another. Um, I appreciate that, like with Jamina, um, it totally feels like she has free reign to be herself and that you do everything humanly possible to encourage that with her. Like you, it doesn't feel like you're trying to stifle her in any sort of way that you have a genuine interest in her growth and development. Yes. And for Jamina to you, like she... I don't like the word worship because I don't think that's what it is, but she, like, you can feel that everything about her is everything about you. So I, (laughs) I don't want to like derail this too much at all, but I do have a very spiritual relationship with Dominus. It's, it's been evolving over time and I really can't put like a label on it or put a finger on exactly what it is even at all. But I do, feel like I am totally willingly and happily beholden to this connection that I have to him and his role in my life. And so if that is, to me, that kind of is the definition of worship from a traditional religious perspective, regardless of what your religious affiliation is. And so I would identify with that completely. I don't necessarily identify with all the doctrine that comes along with it and the crusades right. and the things like that right, right? that's why but, i was trying to stray away from using that particular word just because of what it's typically associated with right but it, it's like it's like a reverence that you have for yes. him yes yes that's well it. i mean she she and this might you know she has an altar um for me like where you know she's kind of got you know mementos and items of you know significance um, and, you know, candles and incense. And she is part of her, you know, she's a yogi, so she does yoga and she does meditation. So as a part of that, she also, you know, like meditates and prays, you know, and it, it's all kind of, like she said, just kind of all connected together, which is another concept, right? You know, of just kind of opening yourself to the notion that you can be spiritually connected to your partner, right? Um, that's not something that, you know, we're, we're comfortable saying, or, you know, uh, especially in the melanated community but that might be real for some people some people have heard her say that and been like yeah you know i feel that like i definitely feel that type of connection we just need to you know uh, uncuff ourselves and let ourselves just be what we what we truly are which is whatever it is that we want absolutely but i'm not gonna let cj i'm not gonna let him off the hook man like what Thank what, you. Uh, Can I get out of the hot seat, please. <laughs> AJ, she confessed, man. She broke down, like you know, she's done her research. What about you? Where do you sit with this, man? Is this something that you thought about? Or is it something that you do? How exposed am I going to be right now? It's something, and AJ understands why. It's something that it's a side of me that I'm unlocking now is my dominant side. I've always been a very, and AJ knows this. I'm a very. I command the space that I'm in very well. But as far as that coming into my relationship and into my the sexual side of my being, it's yeah. something that, that in the last 
year or so it's been getting unlocked more so recently i appreciate your honesty bro it's it's it's, it's, i don't know if this is like what you're saying specifically but i know for a lot of guys in particular it is not as 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 easy as it sounds like you fantasize like a lot of guys fantasize about having you know multiple women or Mm. you know a submissive situation where a girl's pretty much doing everything that you tell her to do but like that I mean, there it, it's not sometimes I mean, and especially like when it comes to like, you know, masochism or, you know, causing pain or doing things that, you know, are involved in a BDSM relationship. When you actually are confronted with that moment where you actually are doing it and fantasy becomes real, you know, not everybody can can make that switch. And that's real talk, you know, and you don't find that out until you're actually in those situations, man. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, man, if that's the journey that you're on, man, I, I encourage you, man, because it's a beautiful journey, man, wherever you it go. It is, and I, and I think, too, that just being reflective, it's something that if it was given to me at a younger age, I wouldn't have been able to understand how to handle it. It's something that now, with me being mature, with me being more comfortable in me, that now I, I, I know I can I can not only handle it, but I can handle it and be respectful. A younger Hayes, a younger CJ, would have took it and ran with it, and it would have been a very dangerous thing. Whereas now, I see the love and the power in it. So I'm so glad that you brought that up, because I'm really passionate about um, the fact that we don't expose, just as as a world, pretty much, we don't expose young people to sex and relationships. We hide them from sex and we hide them from relationships and then they turn 18 and we're like have fun and we expect people to have healthy relationships when the only thing they're allowed to see is you know some muted affection between their parents or other older relatives and whatever's on the internet yes right so we have two things teaching our kids about sex and that's porn well i guess three things so porn a really underwhelming sexual education system across the country, um, you know, which state by state varies and some places are better than others. But generally speaking, it's very underwhelming. And then whatever you might see from your parents, which usually your parents have been brought up to keep that away from you altogether. Right. So then when you and that's just regular heterosexual cisgendered normal, so to say, sex that is designed to produce children that's that's the extent of what you're what you see before you come of age what happens if you fall outside of that what happens if you're not heterosexual what happens if you're not cisgendered what happens if you want something of a relationship with more than one person what happens if you want something that's outside of what you see on sitcoms and TV in terms of what your sex life might look like. So we don't, we don't even address that at all. And then people get to the point where they're, they're, you know, you're 25 and your brain is fully developed and you're like, all right, I'm going to, you know, fully explore my sexual life. And you have these feelings that have never been addressed before, or you have no idea what you're really actually doing because all you've really seen is porn. And even if you've been in relationships since since you were 12 or 13, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for you because you're feeding off of the cycle of misinformation that we've been giving each other. Right. So how do we get to the point where, like CJ, you said you were in you you grew up in Europe or you spent time in Europe? I grew up in Europe. I didn't see stateside until I was almost seventeen. 
Okay, so from what I've heard about sexual education in various countries in Europe, generally speaking, outpaces what we're doing in the U.S., Does it get to the point where it addresses the fact that, like, there are so many different varieties of sex and sexual relationships and relationships in general? And do you feel like you are better prepared than maybe some of your American (laughs) compatriots? Um, or, or are we lacking as a world? Like I, I just have this, this, this feeling that we are not preparing our like world youth for the fact that they are sexual beings. You're a sexual being at eight or nine years old or even earlier in some cases. And we're not preparing people for that. Yeah. In Europe, I think that it's, you're exposed to more. Like for example, there was a primetime show called Hanky Panky in, in, in Europe that literally just came on at 8 PM that, nudity it showed some some versions of bdsm so not the hardcore stuff but some of it so you're exposed to more but still as far as like an education of sitting down and saying you may have these urges no i think that worldwide there's there's still a bit of that that we're not getting exposed to and that's why so many people have so much that comes out of them once they do get out on their own and once they do hit an age and they don't know how to control it and the ones that have lack self-control it becomes an issue in certain instances so that's just my opinion on it. do y'all remember benny hill yes I used to, I, it didn't come on at eight though. it came on at like midnight over here but soft porn i used to sneak drink soft I, porn yeah nah but i i feel you i mean it was kind of like an introduction to uh yeah please um to to sex man and and we were you know we need to make sex education great again that's what we need to do instead of um and actually maybe it's never been great (laughs) (laughs) that's true what else y'all want to know man or is that it come on now y'all didn't i want to i don't know i know we had this list i we've kind of veered from it and that's fine because i've loved where the conversation is going but i want to know just as podcasters to know that what made you guys decide that we want to do this, that we want to expose this part of us to the public. Not that you ever hit it, because I know you never hit it, but just as far as in podcast form. I think we were just so happy and so like, man, this is fucking cool. You know, like, let's, you know, to be honest, it was actually kind of selfish. Like, I wanted to record our conversations because we have, you know, we'll sit and talk for hours and hours. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we just have really good conversations. So I wanted to just record those. So like when we're like, you know, 80 years old, sitting on a porch in a rocking chair, we can laugh, you know, mm-hmm. and talk mm-hmm. about you know how we used to be. And so and then I also wanted to learn about how to podcast. So I kind of, you know, taught myself and figured it out. And then it was just like, hey, let, let's celebrate our relationship with this podcast. And it just kind of went from there. Then it became because we're both like geeks and we both like to learn. So then it was like a a way for us to learn and meet people in the community. Like we've we've interviewed, you know, porn directors. We've interviewed, you know, people who've written books in the BDSM community. I mean, like a lot of folks we have we have had we've been fortunate that we have, you know, the podcast has enabled us to, you know, we've gone to like, you know, we've done podcasts on locations. We've gone to kink events and it's just been a really cool, great, fun way for us to do something together 
um, and tie it all to, you know, like the kink in our relationship and everything. Like when we go, you know, on location, man, she's got everything all packed up. She knows how I like my stuff. We went up to, uh, you know, I smoke cigars. So we we went to a, a function up at a, a cigar lounge not too far away uh, for a kink event in the cigar lounge, which is actually pretty cool. Um, just like a regular straight up cigar lounge. They actually let us come up in there and people were tied up and 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 spankings were going on it was actually pretty while smoking you know your favorite cigar it was actually pretty nice um we've done that and we interviewed people there it was it's just been a fun way to 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 express our relationship and because we are just you know like fuck it like it just it's a hundred percent we're not hiding anything we're not trying to sugarcoat it we're not trying to you know uh put out any falsehoods about you know our relationship so it just all seemed to work and and it's continuing to do so. I mean, two years in, um, you know, we're we're definitely continuing to do uh, the podcast. In fact, we'll probably start another one with uh, the haberdashery and her yoga practice. Um, and you know, we're trying to tie all that together, do some uh, kink asana, you know, like some some BDSM or some kinky stuff and yoga. You know, what I mean, because why be not? Mix. <laughs> yeah, that would be a very interesting mix. So, if you ever go to like a kink event. They usually have like a conference or like a weekend, a week long, you know, type of thing. They usually have a yoga class. Um, and then some of the um, like studios or dungeons or what have you will have like a yoga class also. But it's kind of few and far between. And so I really wanted to have a practice where it was a space where you could honor whatever your relationship was. So if there are multiple people in your relationship, um, the tendency is if you go out somewhere, there's a there's two main people and then anyone else is a friend, a cousin or whatever. So the whole relationship usually can't be honored in just like everyday spaces. So I wanted this to be an everyday space where no matter how many people were in your relationship or what the structure was or whatever, everybody could be honored as like a full part of that relationship. Then on top of that, having a place where specifically for power dynamic, for fetishes, for things that are like really a part of the BDSM community that don't get um, the chance to also be honored in their day to day lives. Here's another space where all of that is appropriate. So if you want to show up to your yoga, appropriate, (laughs) show up to your, your yoga class in fetish where you're more than welcome. If you want to show up and take all your clothes off, you're more than welcome. Like whatever it is that suits you, that really gives you the ability to honor your sexuality because we are sexual beings. Um, then, then you have a place to do that. And so that's kind of the goal with orchid blue yoga. So, you both have said um, that your relationship is very open just in terms of you're not hiding from anyone, I think is the way that you termed it. Are your families aware of the lifestyle that you live? <laughs> Dominus is smiling. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm smiling because uh, I know the answer. She's about to tell you. But it, <laughs> for mine, uh, I'm not particularly like close with my family. So it's that's the only reason. It's not that I'm online. I'm not trying to hide anything. It's funny because uh, we both kind of worked in fields where you know, um, you know, like she said, we were in the military and in the military, we were in specific, you know, jobs that, you know, this was frowned upon, uh, to be, you know, so open and public. But since we've, you know, left 
the you know the military and those in that that industry it's been like and maybe that was part of the reason we were just kind of like oh my god yes i'm tired of being like you know mm-hmm. behind a closed door i want to be open with my life and so we're definitely that um but yeah now I, I don't have any shame i mean anybody that knows me knows exactly what time it is so so i I have a relatively small family. I have a large family, but I I don't really know most of them. Um, my like immediate family is pretty small, and and they know, but they know because they just they found out. So we were not in communication at all, really. And then I got an email from my dad one day that was like, "Oh, I see what you're doing, and that's why." We're, yeah, it was. <laughs> And I was just kind of like, well, yeah, okay. Now my family knows. Now, as far as other people, like my, when I was working like a nine to five, like my coworkers knew, my friends knew, my, like everyone that I come across knows whether they're, you know, close to me or not. Um, so technically, yes, my family knows. Did your, but, did your dad disclose to you how he found out? Yeah, he. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm not sure exactly how he came across. Probably it. Instagram. He probably found our Instagram. He he <laughs> did say he found. He was like, "Oh, I found you online," and <laughs> he was not thrilled. But I think, to be honest, he would be totally supportive of this if we could get over our own internal like dad daughter issues, right? And the reason that I say that is because he always thought that I needed to be with somebody who was older than me, who was more responsible than I was, because he saw me as just like a complete wild child. Um, And so he thought that I really needed like a traditional structure where the person that I was going to be with um, would control what I did day to day um, or like throughout life. So I think if we could get over our own internal issues, he would be like thrilled at the type of relationship and structure that we have. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> I look forward to having some bourbon with him someday. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's going to be an interesting conversation. I can't wait. There you go. That's definitely going to be an interesting one. I, I, I have a question for you. This one's yeah. gonna it's gonna blow AJ's head. Well, not really. Okay. Um, so we uh, we have a, we have a live show May fourth, Washington D.C. <gasps> Yay! Can you guys come? <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. Uh, yeah, we just work out the logistics. Uh, but yeah, we would love to. If y'all gonna be that close, that's what's up, man. All right. So, so wait, awesome. where are you guys at? I know you're in different locations. Where are you guys at? I live in Canada. I'm where about? Columbus, Ohio. Uh, just okay. outside of Toronto. Okay. Oh, you know what? I was telling Damon, I was like, oh, I think they're in Columbus because I saw the the yeah. number. I used to live in Columbus. So cool. Yeah, we're in two completely, completely. We're in two <laughs> different countries, not even just lo- locations. We're, we're really not that far <laughs> away from each other, though. It's like it's, yeah, we're only like a. Are y'all are y'all together? No, no, she couldn't handle me. So you y'all work together? Yes. Come on, don't do this right now. <laughs> no, we no, we we were never together. No, nah, man. We, you know, we get asked that question all the time. I think the first there's something months, here. I feel something. I don't know yeah. what it is. But the there's first definitely six months something. of our podcast, the first six months of our podcast, the first six months of our relationship, like that was a regular 
question. Yeah. You know, so what's going on with you and CJ? What do you mean what's going on with me and CJ? Nothing's going on with C- uh-huh. CJ. What's up with you and AJ? Like, what's going on? There's uh-huh. nothing. There's, there's, we have a beautiful friendship. We have a beautiful relationship, but there's no intimacy. There's no, there's nothing, you know, going on. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I got nothing left, AJ. I do want to ask you, what's your favorite kink? Ooh. Uh, I like them all. Um, to be honest, here's it's going to be a weird answer, but I like, I like the, the I like race play. Even though I don't practice it necessarily myself, I like the whole concept of it. Uh, we did a couple episodes where we actually interviewed someone, uh, some folks that were actually into race play. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it was a an Asian woman dominant and a black male submissive. Mm-hmm. Um, both were like educated and, you know, she was actually married to uh, a, a brother and she did, you know, like they were poly and he, you know, was okay with her doing stuff on the side with like other submissives. And so, um, you know, just that whole dynamic and the, how they, because to me, that's like, that's right on that line. It's on that line where people are uncomfortable and, you know, I understand that part of it too um, and respect it. But at the same time, it's a kink that, you know, both people, like I said, was my rule. Like if two people or more are okay with it and it's not hurting anybody else, um, then it should be good to go. So that was an interesting discussion. I think that whole topic really kind of opens up some stuff and it really kind of gets to the heart. I think what kink is all about and that it really just is about honesty and opening and looking at yourself in a way that, you know, um, a lot of people aren't 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 able to do like really to be that honest with themselves when it comes to what turns them on like really what turns you on why is it why do you have to shy away from you know whatever that might be you know you should embrace it so can you break down for us because i definitely don't know what is race play so the way they the way they uh uh practiced it was she you know like she would you know call him you know all kind of like names like she would you know degrade him it was there's a degrading aspect to it for them in the way that they practiced it and so one of my first questions when i got him on there was like bruh you know what I'm saying? Like, what? what's up with that? You know what I mean? And and the way he described it, though, was cool, man, because it was like he was saying, you know what? She can do it because I'm I'm OK with it, man. Like, I just I got to the point where I just had to acknowledge that, you know, that is just something that turned me on. And, it, you know, and I was like, you know what? That that's not me. But I, I get that because there's things about me that turn me on that I don't want to have to apologize to somebody else about. You know, and so it just the way he explained it, it was just kind of, you know, and and then maybe what made me feel more comfortable as a as a melanated brother was, you know, this guy was, you know, clearly educated. It wasn't like he was, you know, in a situation where he was being taken advantage of. Um, He was a man, you know, he was a man. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, you know, like uh, the image that you might portray or that you might think of. And actually, you know, and then she, on the other hand, you would think that she might be racist, but she actually was, you know, she's married to a black man. Right. And, they, you know, they have a beautiful relationship and it was just a way that she expressed it, the way that she approached it with us. She was very like, you know, hey, because at first she thought we were going to attack her. And when she realized that we were just talking, like we really just genuinely wanted to know, like, how do you, you know, what's, how do you, we're not here to attack you. We just want to talk about your kink and thank you for being, you know, brave enough to do so. Um, That one, as you can imagine, caused a lot of, you know, we got a lot of feedback, positive and negative. Um, You know, we're still, and you know, currently with the situations that we're dealing with here in this country, 
um, and worldwide, really. I mean, it's definitely a sensitive subject. So it's just one of those things, man. I think, you know, I'm the type of person where I, I choose not to run away from things. I like to run right into them, man, and just, you know, kind of just deal with it because, you know, running away from it doesn't help anything. So I think from that standpoint, I enjoy race play, I think, because it just it really particularly with this in our country, it just strikes a nerve, man, one way or the other. Like that. Jamina, do you have a favorite king? Um, I do. I pro- my favorite is probably breath play. Really, anything that would like restrict my breathing, I really, I really enjoy. Um, I was trying to think, like, oh, well, I guess the the other one would be. Um, I really do like like painful sex, like. Yeah, like that just sort of beyond rough sex, that point where you're like, oh, this actually hurts. Like there might be something getting bruised up in there. I really, I really get a kick out of that. I like that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, but she says it with such a serious face. Like, yeah, like that's. That's it. Nobody's had this like really intellectual answer. And I'm like, I like getting hurt. Yeah, but you know, I'm just it sounds it sounds crazy, but I just would encourage everybody to try it because you don't know until you're suffocating that you're like, oh, this is interesting. Like I kind of like it. Now you can have the opposite reaction and be like, oh, I will never do that shit again. Right. And that's okay too. <laughs> but you have to try it to know. You have to try yes. it. Don't be afraid to try it. Stop right. knocking stuff before you try it. Try it and then decide if you like it or not. See, CJ, we can try pegging. You can try no, it first. No, no. That don't happen. I'm good. Mm. When you say pegging, are you saying like fingers in the ass? No, Is she that- means like full on strap on. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. There are toys that are made specifically for men and specifically I like that. Re- let me, let me, sorry. She I'm, knows. I'm not trying to be rude or cut you off. Save it. <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing this for a year plus. <laughs> Demina, trust me, girl. I've been trying for a year plus to convince this man to CJ just a small toy. Nope. Okay. How about a finger? Nope. How about a Nope. <laughs> like there's no room for this guy. He's, he's like, I'm good. I'm not trying to, I don't need, I'm good. I, just, I feel like men are cut off from pleasure that women are not cut off from, right? Like we are allowed to experience the full range of pleasure that our bodies can handle. As long as you find a partner that's willing to do to you, whatever it is that, that brings you either physical, emotional, spiritual sensation that you enjoy, you can do it. There's nothing that is stopping a woman from enjoying a sense of pleasure when she decides to. But for men, men are so cut off from that. And there's a whole world of pleasure that involves stimulating your prostate. You can only stimulate your prostate from inside. And it's like a wall. It's like, okay, I'm a straight man. I'm not allowed to. Therefore, I won't. And I'm just like, oh, my God, there's a whole world. But see, that's not that's not even that's not honestly, that's not even my hang up. Like, believe me, if there was something that that if a finger in my ass got me the hell off, I have no problem in the hell admitting that it's not even a a heterosexual type thing. I'm good. I I told the story in the podcast once. This chick was giving me the most amazing head (laughs) in my life. She went to lick my ass and I was good. So at that point, I know ass play is not for me. So it's just, that's all it is. It's just not for me. Uh, <laughs> Why does every brother have to like a finger up in his ass? You know what I'm saying? Some of us don't like that shit. That's okay too. And I don't knock anyone who doesn't. Listen, for the guys that do, if you like your, your woman blowing your back out, 
I don't like I I don't shame you at all, brother. If that's what's making you feel good and doing it for you, let's high five. We can talk about it all day. It's just not for me. <laughs> I feel you. Dog. Okay, AG, I tried. I know you told me. I appreciate you. I do. I appreciate you. I do. This is gonna. I told him for the next twenty to fifty years of our lives, it's gonna be an ongoing battle. It's it's always going to come up. I'm good, man. <laughs> those are the those are the battles to have though. That sounds like a fun <laughs> battle to have, you know what I'm saying? So I mean before we get ready to close, uh any yeah. questions you guys have for us? Uh what's going on in DC? What's the event? Is it just uh It's our first live show. Yeah, live podcast. That's all. Oh, okay. You're just coming down to do it. Yeah. It's, that's what's up, man. We look forward to that, man, for sure. We look forward to linking up, man. DC's not that far away at all. Do you guys freak with there often or is it just uh I love D.C. I love the vibe in D.C., but yeah. there's something because we're doing a three city tour and it's something about starting off in the nation's capital. Plus, I just love the energy in D.C. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a great place. And A.J. agreed. So, yeah, right. I've never been. So I'm looking. Forward. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> we definitely would love to be a part of that for sure. Awesome. There's a lot of cool spots to go check out for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I have a question for you guys. You asked what our favorite kinks are. What are either your favorite kinks, the ones that you think you would look into, or something that like piqued your interest that you're like, maybe I'll never actually look into it, but it sounds kind of interesting. Come on, CJ. <laughs> well, mine is well documented. I, I'm definitely a, a foot fetish guy. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, if we're getting into like actual kinks, because I think fetish and kinks are different for me. Uh, electric play, definitely. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've done that. She likes that. Yeah. I got a little wand that's a particular. In fact, I've been thinking about that lately. (laughs) What about you, AJ? Where are you at? Um, I have a few. Uh, Definitely breath play. Ooh. Ooh, yay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So Um, what, anything in particular, like any instruments or any setting or? um, No, not, not a particular setting or so. I don't know this the the last person that I was with that I can't even explain the orgasms that I had but he basically put his forearm against my throat and I've never had my airway restricted that way before yeah. but he had his forearm across my throat and his other hand positioned so that it was covering my mouth and my nose so that I couldn't make any noise at all ah. and when he felt my body tense up and he knew that I was going to come he released ah yeah and it was just the craziest craziest sensation like i literally wet the bed yes yeah so yeah um and then i have a biting fetish i have fangs like a naturally have fangs a double set and so yeah and i have (laughs) bloodlust vampire Um, yeah yeah that's it's not something that i do with everyone but i i definitely um if there's someone that i am deeply attracted to and i can smell their blood through their skin i ask permission to take some so Never, you like don't to actually down. draw blood? Yes. Yes. So I'll I'll ask them to do it because I know it freaks some people out the the idea of actually being bitten and having their blood release. So you know, like I'll bring like a little kit that has a sterilized needle and and swabs and all that sort of stuff and allow them to pick a place of puncture and then yeah. you know I do my thing. What's the matter, CJ? What's going on, man? <laughs> I just I, just, I, I love about- my AJ. This the stories that she's telling. It's it's I love my AJ. That's all. <laughs> Yeah. That's what's yeah. up, man. Yeah, those That's are awesome. Those are mine. Thank you all for sharing. Oh, my pleasure. CJ's pleasure too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, any last thought? Leave 
the listeners with some wisdom, whatever, just a message, whatever you want to do before we uh, go ahead and tell the people good night. Oh, also let them know where they can find you. Absolutely. Oh, I'll let you take care of that part. <laughs> I love her voice. Whenever she talks, I'll just. Um... <clears throat> Words of wisdom that I would give are that we need to love each other, man. We need to find more ways to love each other. That's that's the end of the day. And I'm speaking specifically to, you know, melanated folks, man. We got to put our weapons down and we got to stop, you know, combating each other. We're on the same team. And what we need to do is find more ways to make each other more comfortable. Um, I would lay down my life for this woman right here and she would do the same for me. And we need more genuine relationships where that is the case instead of us trying to destroy each other. That's not going to work. We are the same. We are a part of each other and we should think that way. And we need to like put our weapons down and actually start embracing each other. You know, we have this thing where I will randomly give a melanated woman like a random compliment and she'll she'll be right there with me and i'll just be like you know what your hair looks fucking outstanding you know or i'll just say something and walk away just to put a smile on her face man just so that there'll be one day where somebody said something nice to her and made her feel you know good as a person and she'll she does the same you know we need to kind of have that energy and kind of turn the tide the other way because i feel like it's been going in a negative way for too long man i saw my parents kind of go through some stuff I've seen a lot of relationships in the, in the melanated community, not saying that they're all bad. There's a lot of good, positive. We need to embrace and, and celebrate the ones that are, are really, really good. Um, but just just putting the weapons down and, and embracing each other instead of hurting each other is what I you know, think we should do. And I think BDSM, to be honest, even though ironically you are actually hurting each other, um, it actually provides a way so that you can you know, love and embrace each other in a way that's deeper than I think – you know, a lot, most relationships are able to obtain. That was perfect. <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> Where can they find us? So, um, anyone who's looking for us can find us um, on our website, blackpeoplekink.com. Uh, we also are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Black People Kink. And uh, our two organizations that we have, Orchid Blue Yoga, which is uh, dedicated to promoting yoga for veterans, spreading the yoga of melanated love, and um, a yogic space for sexual freedom is at Orchid Blue Yoga. And Jamina's Haberdashery, which is a kink and 420-friendly bed and breakfast and social club in the D.C., uh, Baltimore, D.C. Oh, my gosh. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so check us out. Hit us up. And we are so appreciative that you had us on your podcast. This was no an doubt. amazing this great. experience. We really appreciate really it. Appreciate it. Thankful. Oh, we thank you. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to do this again eventually because I, I, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, AJ, those people where they can find you, my love. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Love Less and Badass Soul. You can find our episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, if you want to email us and you know uh, questions, concerns, compliments, if you want to talk to us about this wonderful episode that we just did, you can email us at lovelustmbas, all one word, at yahoo.com. You can find me on Instagram at badass underscore jones underscore and I'm also on Twitter at that Jones kid AJ one. And I never remember our phone number. So CJ beg it, please. Our phone number is 614-547-2039. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, 
there. People stop calling and sending <laughs> text you. messages asking to eat AJ's pussy because I'm tired of that on our business line. Nonetheless, you guys can follow me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can follow me. People who call, just like don't call. It's not my personal number. Don't call. Don't call. Just don't call. <laughs> That's kind of cool that you got to tell people to not call to do that. Oh, your business line. That's right. what's up, actually. No, that's not what's up. <laughs> or our business line, we want that, but does. <laughs> <laughs> but you can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at C E O H A I Z E on every social media platform. Uh, this has been Love, Lust, and Badass. So um, this is just an amazing episode. I want you guys to go and support. Um, follow. Send us any feedback about this one. But we are out for tonight. Peace. Mr. Cool.